Welcome to Leadership Conversations with Josh Reich and Casey Sees. We have the conversations leaders want to have so they can win at leadership. Now, on to our show. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Leadership Conversations. This is Casey Cease, along with my co-host, Josh Reich, and we are here today. I've uh, been gone for a few weeks. I had my friend Aaron Bunker on previous episode, um, but the last several months since we've pretty much gotten started with this podcast have been absolutely bonkers for Josh and I. And so one of the topics that, that I get asked about a lot in my coaching environment and from younger church planters and entrepreneurs is, you know, how, how do you keep from the wheels coming off when things are hectic? And uh, since October or so, my life has been crazy hectic. And then I know for Josh, the last several months have been crazy as well. And so as we were prepping for this uh, episode, we decided like, hey, let's just kind of share what's been going on, what we've learned, what uh, what's worked, what hasn't, and um, let's fall forward together. So if that's not of interest to you, then you can skip on to a previous episode or the next episode if this is later on. Um, but for those of you who are in leadership and um, have not yet had a hard season. I would love to learn from you. Uh, but the majority of us have, uh, all of us have hard seasons. And I, I think um, it's not if hard seasons happen, but when hard seasons happen, how can we better prepare? How can we hunker down? How can we make it through without the wheels coming off? So Josh, glad to be back with you, brother. So tell us uh, what's been going on, man. What have you been up to? Yeah. Well, I mean, like you said, this last season for, for us, I mean, the way that my wife and I describe it is that we are in the middle of a sprint that we didn't really stretch out for. And that's a good way um, to put it between, you know, just, just normal things in life. Just, you know, we have five kids and, um, leading a, a growing church. Uh, but then we had to take, um, two last minute, uh, really unplanned trips to the East coast. We live out in Arizona. We had to fly out to Pennsylvania uh, my grandmother had passed away and I uh, preached at her service. And so we took all of our kids across um, the country um, and actually just flew back um, yesterday. And so, I mean, I feel like we're just, you know, I opened up uh, my email inbox this morning um, to, you know, 500 emails from this past week that I didn't look at while I was gone. And, um, and so, yeah, it's just been this really intense uh, season. And I, I just think in leadership, I mean, just in life, whether, whether you're a pastor, whether, whether you lead anything, um, there are just seasons that are busier than others. There are seasons that are just harder. Sometimes it's physically draining. Sometimes it's emotionally draining. It might be relationally, um, you know, depending on what it is, when it involves health or family. And it, it's just hard to get through those seasons, but, but they're there. And they happen. And I think sometimes we go and, um, we look for ways to um, <clears throat> to avoid those seasons. Yeah, and I'm not certain that is the best. That's the best solution, right? Because I think that prevents, um, you know, authentic leadership. Well, what are your thoughts about that? Well, and I don't even know that you can avoid those seasons. I mean, you know, like almost every almost every crisis that has happened at our church. You know, whether it's the building that we meet in or something happening at the school that we meet in or a staff member's marriage falling apart or, you know, money just not being where it needs to be, or even in your family, like you just don't get to plan those seasons and you don't, you don't get to avoid them. They just, they just happen. Um, you know, and I, I don't know, at times I just feel like they seem to pile up on top of each other, you know, in the whole, 
like it's just raining right now and just pouring on you. So I, I feel like you just can't avoid them. They're just going to happen. And so you just have to have a game plan of what you're going to do when, when, they, when they crash into you. I agree, man. And I think, I think the first thing that I've learned is, is to, uh, as a leader, we've got to stop taking the victim role. We've been called yeah. to lead. We've been called to take responsibility. And part of leadership is heading into hard things and dealing with hard things. Um, if, if you never have problem in leadership, then I, I'm questioning the capacity by which you are leading. And uh, it's really easy to feel sorry for yourself when things aren't going your way, uh, especially if you're exhausted or worn out or whatever. So, you know, you said, you know, when, when these things happen, you know, you, you, you have to deal with it. What, what, what's your, let, let's begin with this way. What's your natural way of dealing with these types of things? Like before you, 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 you know, grown, matured at it, like what, what's your default way of dealing with stuff like this? Yeah. I mean, my default, I mean, we've talked about the Enneagram and, and different personalities because I'm an eight on the Enneagram. So I'm a driver, you know, my default is to just put my head down and grind it out. Yeah. Um, you know, my default is, okay, like these are all the things that have to get done. There are 58 things that need to get done this week. My default is make a list, put my head down and just go. Right. Um, and you know, and especially for, you know, just, just being honest in this last season with, um, you know, some of the things going on in my personal life, um, different things with friends and relationships, as well as with my grandmother passing away, having to step back from the grinded out season to, to really step into feeling, um, in the midst of, uh, of that, it is really kind of a new thing for me. Um, but also a really hard thing for me to do. Um, and I think it's a healthy thing, you know, and I think being able to identify this is, this is how I naturally deal with these things. You know, like if you're a feeler like you, you know, you naturally engage those feelings. It's an easy thing or you get, you get into your head. Um, but I'm just, I I grind those things out. I mean, I, I know you're, you're pretty, you're pretty similar in that, aren't you? Or are you, or you're yeah, a, I'm a high three of? man. Like, like, I mean, it's fight or flight for me. Like either I'm going to shut down and like lay in bed. I mean, fortunately my <laughs> wife, you know, my wife, my wife let, lets that go for like a whole 25 minutes. And she's like, look, we got stuff to do, you know? Yeah. And so it, she's a good help that way. But you know, I'm either like, and, and the problem for me is like, yes, I, I am aware of my emotions, my feelings, but when I'm, when I'm over pressured, my tendency is to ignore it. Um, so it's okay. not like I'm on you know, some guys I know they just, they're not aware. Like they don't realize their feelings are in ways. Like I know I'm feeling it, but I just, I'm going to shut it out. The problem is, is it's like a snowball that just continues to build and build and build. And it, it's, it's never a, a positive debt. Yeah. <laughs> it's, well, and you, I think you always have to pay for it somewhere. Yeah. And I think what you said though is really important. I remember a mentor telling me one time, you know, when you, when, when you're in the middle of a crisis or you're feeling leadership pain, um, he says, it's okay for you to just throw yourself that pity party for 24 hours and right, just, yeah. and to be upset about it, um, to be sad, to be hurt, whatever it is, you know, to be frustrated at the other person. Um, he said, you know, feel that for 24 hours. And he said, yeah. but then the next day, get out of bed, pick yourself up and start leading, Yeah, you know, because, because that's, that's what you're called to do. And so I think it's important because sometimes as leaders, especially with the way that I'm wired is, you know, that was a good lesson for me to say, okay, like it's okay to be upset. It's okay to be hurt. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be mad. It's okay. Like, you know, I I pull out my emotion wheel 
you know, from my desk <laughs> and, and name the emotion that I'm feeling right now. Like it's okay um, to feel those things. And I think that's an important lesson for leaders um, to just enter into that and to just say, this, this is where I am right now. Like this is how I feel about this right now. Um, and, and, and then to be able to move forward in how you're going to navigate um, that season. Um, I just think that's an important thing that gets overlooked because eventually all of those things that you've overlooked, just, they eventually pile up and they'll come out anyway. They will somehow. And that's, that's a primary thing where it's like, you have to ask yourself the question, like, what am I feeling? And then, okay, why do I think I'm feeling that way? You know, sometimes it's very clear, like, well, I feel betrayed because I was betrayed. You know, there's not, there's not much mystery behind it, but, but if you start digging into like, you know, doing a five whys exercise, well, why do I feel betrayed? Well, because I expected them to be on my team. Well, why did you expect them to be on my team? Well, because they committed to be on my team. And they said they were on my team. Okay. Um, you know, and so you can kind of dig in. And I, I think when you, because I, I think what's disorienting for me is like when I'm under a lot of pressure or I'm, I'm feeling a lot of emotion about certain situations going on, um, it, it's easy for me to acknowledge the emotion, but not know what to do with it. And I think mm-hmm. your advice from your mentor is saying like, hey, take a day, feel what you're feeling, you know, talk it out if you need to. And then you got to get up and keep pushing. And that, that's a deal for leaders where if you don't give a nod, it will then, you know, you know, it will then come back to bite you. I mean, 99.9% of the time, I've never seen someone stuff it so well that it did not leak out somewhere else. It yeah. comes out somehow, you know, oh, yeah. and, and that, that's a challenge uh, that, you know, that I've been learning myself, you know, in the fall, I found out there were some, you know, uh, issues, you know, business issues, just part of growing pains of growing, realizing that someone hadn't been doing their job right. And it affected a lot of different things that, you know, that was a contractor we were using and put a lot of trust in that, in that department. And we had immediately scramble at the same time in the fall, we had lost 10 families at the church, four relocated somewhere else, all at families and six left for various reasons. Um, and you know, hit our budget by $7,000 a month and it was a huge hit. And so I'm dealing with the business stuff that had financial ramifications. I was dealing with the church stuff that had financial ramifications and just, and beyond on the church stuff, beyond the financial ramifications, I mean, that affects that, you know, we're only a 250 person church. And so, I mean, that affects, you know, volunteers that affects, you know, relationships. And, you know, some of these families are families I poured into, you know, hours upon hours and, um, and having them move on and leave and were, you know, it was extremely, extremely disorienting. And so, um, you know, when, when that pressure happens, what I, what I find is either I'm like, okay, I'm just going to grind it out and keep going. Or I'll have moments of despair, but what I found really healthy for me is to then just niche down on what's most important. So I would, you know, like on the church side, I would say, okay, it's still very important for me to preach consistent, quality, faithful sermons each week. And so I would make that a priority each week. Um, I would try to be more proactive with my health, either going running or working out or doing something uh, being, you know, cause for me, the way I comfort myself is food, drink, sleep, comfort, you know, um, that's my, uh, the joyful person, the Enneagram is my non-resourceful kind of pressure valve. So I gotta be real careful on that side. You know, I can yeah. slap on 10 pounds and like nobody's business, um, you know? And so, you know, all those factors, I, and so I've got to be really careful, but the good thing is, and something that my wife, Stephanie helped me with was, you know, when you're feeling like you are out of control, um, then start focusing on the things that are within somewhat of your control. Um, you know, the amount of food you eat, the amount of time you sleep, the amount of time you work out, um, what meetings you're saying yes to. And in some ways doing that, that recalibration actually leads to better productivity moving forward. And, 
and also just believing and remembering that nothing's wasted with the Lord either. And like, yeah. we are learning along the way that we're being refined. And if we're called to lead people, we're not the only unique snowflake going to go through things like this. Well, and I think too, one of the things that's, that's been really important for me this season, because things got really hectic in the spring, we were leading up to Easter. And so Katie and I started to ask, you know, cause like as a visionary guy, you know, if you, if you have really just kind of a visionary leadership, you're constantly looking out, yeah. um, you know, six months, 12 months, you're, you're, you're constantly looking out there. And so we started to ask, you know, in the month of March, okay, what do we need to do to get to, to get to Easter? Like, like, and not only get to Easter, but what things are we going to need to do to be able to thrive and for that to just be, and for that to be great, for that to go well. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, we started to say things like, okay, like we need more sleep. Okay, well, what's it going to take to get more sleep? You know, how, um, you know, what do I need to, to move around in our schedule? Oh, you know, we decided we needed more friend time. Okay, well, how do you, how do you schedule that? You know, how do you make that happen? Because, I mean, you and I know, and everybody knows, like, relationships don't just happen. They don't just fall into place. And so, um, you know, and, and then we're now asking, okay, how do we get, how do we get to summer? You know, what's it going to take to get to summer? And, um, and those are, those are just helpful conversations because they start to reveal what, not only what matters most, um, in terms of what actually has to get done, um, but it helps you to, to list out your priorities a little bit more, which, which for us has just been really helpful in this last season. I mean, that, do y'all actually follow through with it though? Like, you know, cause I know for me sometimes I'm like, man, I can write down a great plan. Like I yeah. can, I can write it down. Like I can tell you exactly what I'm going to do, but I think what, you know, what gets in my head, I think is also like emotion where, you know, like I'm, I'm emotionally tapped. And what's interesting for me is, is I realize as a more extroverted person, I do get recharged around other people. But the challenge for me is, is if I'm around people that are, continuously wanting from me or transaction yeah. with me or don't feel like a real safe place just to be me. Like I have to fill a role in their mind. And some of that's just my own junk. So just to be clear, yeah. I'm not blaming these other people. Then actually being around groups of people at times just drains me. And so I've got to be real careful on where I give my time, what I give my, my time to, because it's it, it, the complexities as leadership responsibility increases. Um, it, it, it just, it's more complicated, at least yeah, in my but experience. I think- Yeah, but I think like, so in that situation, you know, how do you, so in thinking through that then, so like for you, so thinking through that, okay, so you know that about yourself that, you know, that you'll, that because you're a pastor, like, and you'll give to people, you'll give to people and, you know, in every relationship, whether you're a pastor or not, people want something from you, like in every relationship. So, I mean, even I, as a pastor, like I want something from somebody else in a relationship. And so, um, so being aware of that. And so then making sure as you're thinking through the grid of, okay, I need relationships. What kind of relationships are going to be life giving to me right now? What kind of relationships are going to energize me to keep moving? Um, how many of those do I need? You know, depending on like, as an introvert, I don't need a ton of them, you know, like I I don't (laughs) need a lot of, relationships. My wife, on the other hand, like she, she needs more because I mean, she has one of the biggest extroverted personalities of any, any room we're ever in. And so, you know, but, but being able to diagnose that and then thinking through, okay, the people in my life right now, like who are the ones that are going to, who are going to help me to thrive right now in, in this situation. And so for us, like that was really thinking through just, 
Um, you know, cause over the last year we've really emphasized friendships in, in our marriage, um, and, and really tried to give a lot of time to those. Cause that's not something that I naturally do or that we've naturally done as a couple. And so we've had to really intentionally dig into that, which I think has been good because now in this season, it, it's really paying dividends, you know, that there are people I'm able to, to call or hang out with. Um, that are life giving. And so like, I think that's just an important thing to, to dig into because you can't, you need that, especially when things are exhausting. Like you need people that you can say, man, I'm just so frustrated right now about this right now. Like this is really hard. Like, like it was really hard for me going to the East coast and, um, and, and having to preach at my grandmother's funeral. Like that yeah, was incredibly difficult. And, you know, but to have people who, um, who understand that, um, and just being able to say, Hey, like, this is just really, this is just a really hard thing that I'm about to do. And for other people to go, yeah, man, like, I bet that is like that, that I bet that's going to be hard like that. That's helpful. Um, when you're in an exhausting season, just for somebody else to say like, Hey, that's a real thing. And I totally understand that. Like, that's yeah. a helpful thing in that season. Well, you know, how do you, how do you recommend going about, you know, finding that in your life? I mean, you know, I, I know for me, like I, I, I'm a part of Acts 29, like you are in the Houston area. Yeah. And we have a real tight knit group down here in Houston. And so a few weeks ago, I was wrestling with some church stuff and life stuff and just sorting through some things. And I met up with two other pastors that are friends of mine. And just we met and met for about three hours together and just kind of sharing what's going on. One guy was on sabbatical, another guy. So, I mean, he's just like, hey, I have no worries. What's going on with you? Oh, wait, that stinks for you. I'm going to go sleep, you know, and sit around my house without my shirt on, you know, like he's going sabbatical, so he's doing his thing. And, but it, just to sit there with dudes that kind of relate, I, I know for me has been helpful to be able to just kind of share our wounds and no one's trying to fix each other. We're just trying to encourage each other along the way. Yeah, I think so. A couple of years ago, one of our elders uh, at our church just said, Hey, you know what? I'm going to step off the elder team. And part of the way that I'm going to serve our church is I'm just, Josh and I are just going to be friends. Like we're just going to be friends as couples. Um, they were kind of in a, in a similar life stage as us with adoption and that kind of stuff. And, and that's been, that's been hugely helpful um, for us. And they, I mean, they're our closest friends and um, you know, we do, we do double dates with them almost every single month. Um, you know, we, we spent a lot of time with that couple. And I just think that's important because as leaders, we really, we're, we're really just not good at relationships because we spend most of our time leading other people and trying to help other people. And you just have to learn and train yourself how to not do that, how to just be with other people and just enjoy it um, and not go in with a plan. And so um, I think that that's just something that, that if, for, if you struggle with that as a leader, like you just need to decide, I'm going to, I'm going to try to be somebody's friend. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going to try to be a pastor to these people. Um, you know, I work out. I mean, we've talked about this before. Like I work out with the same three or four guys four days a week. Um, you know, we'll do, you know, we'll do breakfast together. We'll do, you know, we'll go out to to eat together. And Are they in your church? Time together. No, none of them go to our church. And um, I've invited them, you know, yeah. uh, you know, really try to dig into those relationships from a missions perspective. But um, you know, but, but they also know that I'm, I'm still going to be their friends and hang out with them, whether they ever come to our church or not. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, but, but to really engage in that because like pastors tell this to people all the time that most of the time, uh, 
people in our culture, they build community when they need it. Right. And the problem is the moment you need community, you don't have it. Right. And so you have to build it for the moment you're going to need it. And, and pastors aren't very good at that. Leaders are not very good at that. And so when they hit these really hard seasons where the waves are crashing in on them, they have nobody to turn to who they're able um, to be cared for um, by that person. You know, I think that's, that. this is the crux of it. Like you have to have these structures in place, you know? And, and so like, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you're going through a hard season of leadership or you're discouraged or beat down, it's like t- today's a good day to start some of these things and think yeah. through it. Right. Because, you know, so many times we see guys wash out of ministry through inappropriate relationships or they're, you know um, you know, they're running out of uh you know, they're, they're looking at pornography or they're, uh, you know, abusing alcohol or, or food or, you know, you name it. Like there, there's, there's ways to begin stopping those patterns to find healthier rhythms because here, here's the ultimate thing. If you don't, if you don't have a plan for when things get hard, um, when things get hard, you're going to default to things that are, that are not productive or helpful for you. Right. And, And I think that's part of, of the, uh, the importance of maturing and growing as a leader. So Josh, any last words for our listeners before we, we sign off for this episode? Yeah, I think, I think too, one of the things, I mean, we've talked a lot about just like friendships and, and things like that, which I think are important, but I, I think too, you know, really figuring out in these seasons, you know, what, what does your soul as a leader need? Um, you know, I've really been trying to engage just over these last season, just really reading different kinds of books um, spending more time reading through the book of Psalms. Um, like I read Michael Card's book about lament and sorrow, um, which for me as a non feeler was unbelievably helpful. Um, you know, and so I think just, just trying to engage in some of the weaker parts of your, of your personality, but really just engaging in the soul of your leadership as well. Um, you know, whether that's resting retreat days, um, you know, spending more time listening to sermons that are just going to really feed your soul. Um, you know, some of those things I think are just really important when you feel like you're ready to tap out. Um, you know, the other thing that I did when we planted, like I would email people who had blogs or podcasts, um, you know, and, and just ask them questions or, um, even try to get encouragement from them, even from a distance. Um, I, I think that that's something that gets overlooked a lot. Um, just in these seasons, but, but trying to do some of those things, I would say. So any, any last things from you as we wrap up case? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, like, like we've talked about, we talk about this a lot, you know, growing in self-awareness and all that, but, but when hard things come, I would say, Hey, you know, you're not a victim, you're a leader. Number two, you be where you are, you feel what you're feeling, but you also get back up the next day and you start leading. Three, you reach out and start building a relational network of either other leaders that uh, can help you, a coach, or even at times a counselor. There's there's no harm or shame in getting a counselor. Um, you, 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 amplify your investment in important and meaningful relationships. Don't neglect them during that time because those are the things that are going to get you through the storm. And it's not if hard times come, it's when hard times come that we are, um, we are getting, you know, to that next place. So this is all the time we have this week for leadership conversation. Again, this is Casey Cease along with Josh Reich. And we look forward to being with you all next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Leadership Conversations with Josh Reich and Casey Cease. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, head on over to iTunes or Google Play to subscribe to our podcast. 
Also, head on over to our website at www.leaderconvos.com. 